Welcome to Black Feminist Rants, the podcast. I am Lakia Williams, your resident black feminist. And this is the very first video podcast. So if you're listening to the audio and you want to see the video, go over to YouTube. I'm super excited. I'm really excited to be back to Black Feminist Rants. So if this is your first time tuning in, I've been podcasting since 2020. Obviously, I talk about black feminism, I talk about reproductive justice, I talk about abortion access, I talk about liberation for black people and black women specifically. So that's a little bit about me. But what I'm really excited for is since I've taken this break for a couple months, which was like super unintentional, I've like low key been looking for something to bring me back to the podcast. And I didn't realize that I was looking for something because I just thought like, oh, I'm busy, like life is happening. Um, but I really like needed something to push me back into why I love this platform and I love y'all and I love BFR so much. And that was actually somebody that I met in the reproductive justice movement, of course. Their name is Yakoma. Shout out to Yakoma. We were talking and they were saying how they were going through a transition between jobs and just like figuring stuff out. And they were looking for something to like, I think, ground them or center them. And one of those things was Black Feminist Rants, the podcast. And I was like, dang, because at the time they were going through that, I was just living. But right now in this moment, I'm going through the exact same things that they were going through. And the fact that they were able to find like support and like whatever they needed from BFR was so affirming to me because it was like, you experienced something before I even experienced it. And BFR helped you imagine what it could do for me. And like, I'm the one who sits up here and talks, you know what I'm saying? So I feel like that affirmation and that yeah, that affirmation really, like, pushed me to, like, I need to get back on my shit. Like, I need to get back to Black Feminist Rants because when I think about doing the podcast and, like, doing the social media in addition to, you know, the podcast episodes, I'm like, oh, my God, it's so much work. Like, I have this going on and that going on and so many things going on in my life. I don't have time for it. But then when I sit down and focus on the podcast, I feel so much better. Like, I'm really trying to reframe my mind to not think of doing the podcast as, like, another check of productivity another task it's like another meaningless thing i have to do and check off because it always improves my mood it always makes me feel accomplished it always gives me like this sense of like purpose and like joy so i don't need to frame it as if it's just a job because it's not period so that's why we're back um i think i'm back in a much better like mental space um because y'all i've been going through it <laughs> quarter life crisis has immense um, I will be 25 in December, so that's in like three months. I'm hoping that I'm not getting... Pre Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Prepared for the quarter life crisis in that I'm already in the quarter life crisis because if it gets any worse, I don't know y'all. <laughs> like I really don't know. Um, it's painful. Like I call it the quarter life crisis. I don't know like if people who've been at this age before 24 going on at 25 or maybe even like 26, somewhere around like the 24 to like 27 maybe age range have felt like just this state of transition. That's what it is. I am in a state, oh my God, y'all. 
I'm in a state of transition and I personally don't like change. And people are always so surprised by this because I grew up in a military household. I would move every four years or so. Like I'm very accustomed to change and I navigate it very well and very easily because that's just been what my life is. And so people have this false perception of me that I love change. I hate it. Just because I'm good at it don't mean I like it because I don't like it. I actually dread it. And this transition that I'm in is just full of change and it's so uncomfortable. Um, it's just so much discomfort that I'm experiencing right now. And I can tell that it's so necessary for me to grow. And it's so weird because y'all, I've never been like a personal development podcast girly. Like I don't really listen to them, let alone talk about it. Like y'all know I talk about my facts and I go. But I feel like the universe is like forcing me to slow down and look at my life and really examine like, is this what you want your life to be? I'm gonna give y'all an example, y'all. So last year I was in therapy for like two months, didn't last long. But one thing that my therapist said that I was like, okay, you ate with that one, was she was telling me how I need hobbies. And she came about this just through our conversations because she's like, what do you do for work? Okay, you have a part-time job. Okay, what do you do in your free time? Um, and like literally my job was reproductive justice. My other streams of income were also reproductive justice. My passion project, the podcast is in reproductive justice. And then all my friends that I had like locally worked in reproductive justice. And she was like, you don't have an out outside of like work. Like you're constantly focused on things that are related to work. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. So she was telling me that I needed to like find hobbies. And so this was a year ago. I was in therapy last summer. So it's been literally over 12 months since I've been in therapy. And in those 12 months, I have not found a freaking hobby. And like I've tried, I tried to get back into crocheting, wasn't consistent, never finished a single project, didn't even make like substantial progress to completing a, pro a project, like just would not complete anything. Tried to get back into reading. I think I finished one book <laughs> in a full year. I finished one book. Did y'all just see that? I know y'all didn't just see that. That was it. And I was talking to this guy or whatever. Y'all, I just got out of a relationship. We're going to get into that in like a couple minutes, a little bit later. <laughs> I was so focused on him. Like all of my free time, I would just fill it scrolling on TikTok or with him thinking about him or talking to him. Like there was no time for me to really understand myself and one thing I will say I don't know how how he dated me or how anybody dates anyone who doesn't know themselves because what I'm learning right now in this transitionary period like all of this change is I'm being forced to sit with myself the universe has definitely sat my ass down and said you're gonna sit with yourself you're gonna learn yourself and you're going to learn to like genuinely love yourself I'm gonna get into that later because bitch I love myself but we're gonna get into like the details um yeah so I, how do you date someone who doesn't know themselves because I don't even know what I like to do like when people would this I dreaded this question I would dread the question what do you like to do for fun or what are your hobbies because I genuinely did not have an answer I would say reading and it was a bold-faced lie I have not read consistently since I was in high school like I don't be reading like that like I told y'all in 12 months I've completed one book <gasps> two two because one of them was what's it called uh 90 days in june or seven days in june something like that that was a good book um and then the other one was the sarah j mass book the first book in that series so i read two books in 12 months so put some respect on my name yeah so like i can't even say reading is my hobby because you don't ever do it 
um, I would say crocheting, I would crochet every day for a week and then not crochet for five months. That's that's not a hobby because if, if you have a hobby, you're going to be trying to find ways to fit it into your day, fit it into your week because you enjoy it that much. I didn't have hobbies. I tried things because I knew I needed to fill my time with something, but literally all I would do day in and day out was scroll on TikTok. Not even just social media, specifically TikTok. Um, and I still be scrolling on TikTok, but basically with all of this transition and change that's happening in my life, I really feel like the universe has been telling me to sit down, pause, and learn yourself. And one of the things is I've been working a lot since I started working, basically. Always multiple jobs, always multiple projects, always multiple contracts. Um, and I feel like a lot of that is just like, kind of a scarcity mindset like or maybe not even scarcity mindset but just like this fear of not having enough this fear of not being able to afford the things that I want to do and so I feel like I have to do everything in the world so that I can live a somewhat comfortable life and I just feel like a lot of people like young black people who don't come from money like that's just the reality like I can overwork myself or I can I can struggle by overworking myself or I can struggle by not being able to pay my bills. And like that is a privilege to be able to choose one or the other because a lot of people struggle to maintain multiple jobs and still struggle to not be able to pay the bills. So I honestly felt privileged. I didn't feel like I was running myself down and like all these negative things because it's like I could be struggling to like make ends meet. I'd rather pick one and not have both of them, you know? But one thing the universe, <laughs> is getting me together on is your whole identity can't be your work you you have to find time not find time you have to create time for other things in your life and the universe sat my ass down and took away everything that literally wasn't of me when i tell you i'm shedding projects i'm shedding relationships platonic and romantic like and it's so funny because like all of these things are changing. I don't like change. Things are leaving my life. I'm feeling like, oh my gosh, like I'm losing everything. I'm finna lose my mind. And it's so funny because I'm losing all those things and I'm gaining so much more. Like this summer, I had such a great summer. Um, spending time with people who genuinely know me and love me. So if y'all don't know, I saw Beyonce in Toronto, front row seats, talk to me nice. <laughs> I was in the beehive. Um, I'm gonna insert some clips because I have really, really good seats. But I went with my friend Alicia, who I met freshman year of college. So I've known her for like six years now. Um, when I graduated college, I didn't really keep in touch with a lot of like my true friends. I think I was just like, I moved to a new state, um, started my career. I was really just like, you know, trying to make new friends, build a community. I joined a board. I'm a board of director for an abortion fund out in California, Access Reproductive Justice. Donate to your local abortion fund. Um, so yeah, I was just like focused on work and career and meeting new people locally and so I didn't really like invest in my friendships like my long-term friendships like I should have and something even before life snatched me together I was like okay I need to I need to reach out to my friends like those are my friends like I need to invest in them because I care about them so mainly she started talking more we went to see Beyonce together I stayed at her house for like a week because I was in I was in New Orleans for Essence Fest for work and then there was like maybe like five days in between Essence Fest and going to Toronto and so I stayed with her in her apartment we got to hang out y'all why one night were we planning the revolution like legitimately like for hours like we we've really planned 
some things. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna get too much into that because you know, they be clocking. Anyways, it was so nice to be with someone who like really genuinely knows me and cares about me and I don't have to question them. I don't have to question their actions, their, their motives. I could just be. Then a couple months later, maybe like two months later, my friend Sarah, who I also met my freshman year in college, came to visit me in Oakland and that was so much fun. Like her being able to see me like in my new life, you know, new city, new apartment. I got pets now, like <laughs> right to meet my pets and everything. And then I had a barbecue. So she was able to meet some of my friends that I've made since I've been here. So spending time with her too, that was beautiful. We had a dinner one night and we just got into all of it. We was crying, like we just got into everything. It just talked about being young black women and just like the things that we experience and face. And then also having that connection of going to a PWI and specifically our PWI. Y'all, it's so funny. I mentioned Yakoma earlier. Yukoma randomly was just talking about the trauma that black people experience, especially young black people, and like the history of a lot of these universities and like recreating that trauma for us. And she mentioned Tulane University and how it was like literally built by slaves and like it has to be so hard to be a black student at Tulane. I was like, that's my alma mater. And they were like, are you okay? And I was like, dang. So like completely random, didn't know I went to Tulane. And they were just talking and I was like, dang. So being able to talk to Sarah and talk about our experience as young black women. And I don't want to be dramatic, but the trauma we experienced being at a PWI like Tulane. Um, and like not even, I didn't know at the time that it was literally built by slaves. There was a um, a custom, like a, a ritual that all first years would do is like when you come out of like some ceremony that you have your freshman year you have to touch the bell it's called the victory bell and all first year students were encouraged like strongly encouraged to touch the bell because they said if you don't touch the bell you're not going to graduate in four years so obviously everybody's trying to touch it because we're not trying to be here forever you know we're trying to get in and get out and get our money's worth and it's called the victory bell and it's literally been removed because of its connection to slavery so just imagine this bell is supposed to signify so much importance that if you don't touch it at this specific moment you won't graduate and so all of these students are touching it all these black students are touching it and then we learn years later it's connected to slavery so how can this thing that is connected to slavery be so important to us in our education why is that and so, yeah, just things like that. So we, we were talking about a lot of things. We were just catching up. What I was getting at with, you know, talking about spending time with Alicia and spending time with Sarah is that I was able to connect with people who genuinely care about me and love me. And it meant so much because it's like these people have seen me in multiple stages of my life. They've seen me in every season of my life. They've seen me at my absolute best. They've seen me at my absolute worst. They've seen me at my most depressed, they've seen me when I'm a bitch, they've seen me when I'm not nice, and they have remained in my life. And y'all, we know friends come and go. Friends do not stay forever, right? So for them to see me at every season of my life and still be my friend years later means so much to me. Like, this is a these are friends I'm gonna have for life. I consider them friends I will have for life. Something that's also stands out as I say that, you know, they've been in my life through multiple seasons is that they've also been there when I was getting the most praise, when I was getting the most success, the most awards, the most accolades. And they were there and congratulated me through that. And in some cases even put me in positions to do more and better. And that's not true for all friends and all people that you're gonna meet. Some people 
love you down in every season of your life until you're winning. And that has been heartbreaking for me because like I said, I met these girls when I was 18. I, I haven't experienced jealous friends. I haven't experienced jealous people. I haven't even experienced people who don't like me who like actively don't want me to win. Like you don't like me and you over here, but I've never heard them talking about me or trying to do things to where I can't win. Nobody that I've ever met, can I say, has really like preyed on my downfall. So if I have enemies that don't even do that, to have a friend or to have friends who are not happy for you and who don't want to celebrate you is literally heartbreaking. And that's why it was so important for me. Mind you, none of this was like, connected i'm putting the the dots together now but it was so important that i was able to spend time with friends that truly love and care about me because little did i know i was gonna need that you know like yeah um another thing i told you i was going through a little breakup or whatever so i was going through it and i was talking to my mom and she was just like do you want me to come visit and i was like yeah <laughs> can you come so my mom was here last weekend we had a ball i feel like that like <sighs> Like, I feel like that really made our relationship stronger. We had our tears. We was getting into it. I was, like, opening up about my life. That's another thing. I'm a very private person. I don't like to show a lot of vulnerability with people in general, not even my mother. I typically tell her the things after I've gotten past them, right? So I don't tell people in the moment, not even my mom, so especially nobody else, you know, oh, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. And I think it's because I don't want to be judged and I don't want to be seen as weak, which is so funny because since I've had Black Feminist Rants, um, the people who've known me through Black Feminist Rants or they maybe met me through like activist programs or something like that, like they've met me in like a more professional sense and less of like a social um, capacity. I have a persona of me and this is so funny because I learned this in like May or April. Uh, I was talking to somebody <laughs> who I met during like COVID online. We were in this activist group together. And I was just telling her a little bit of tea about my little boo thing at the time, now ex-boyfriend. And she was like, oh my gosh, like, this is not what I would expect of you. Like, this is not what I think of when I think Lakia. And it's so funny because I like, there's actually like a persona or like a, a perception of me that some people have because I don't know, I'm black feminist rants. I talk about black feminism, which is interesting because I never talk about dating or anything on my podcast like this is not one of those podcasts we're not talking about you know gay son thought daughter we don't do that we don't talk about 50 50 and cleaning dishes and stuff I don't talk about that because I'm not trying to be funny that shit's beneath me like and it's beneath you too like no we're not talking about that so for people to have a perception of me in relation to dating when I never talk about dating was interesting I that's when I learned that was having that conversation with her but I think even beyond that, like people who do know me on like a social level and like a deeper level and have known me for a long time, I do feel like I have to maintain some perception of strength. Like I have to be seen as strong. Like I can have my moments, but at the end of the story, it has to be Lakia comes out strong. Like not necessarily on top, but she comes out with strength. And it's so funny because I'm like, I don't want to be the strong black woman. And then I only put myself in positions to be perceived as a strong black woman. And so... <laughs> that's that's a really good clock on how pervasive stereotypes and socialization are you can know that they're wrong and they're bad but it takes so much work and so much awareness to combat them um because we're inundated with them all day every day like from different facets of life and so that has been a moment of reflection for me and like the work that i need to do and why do i only see myself as valuable if i'm strong but yeah, so I've never really opened up to people about what I'm going through. And so I've always had to get through things by myself because of myself, because I didn't allow people in to support me. 
And since I'm in this period of transition that I was telling y'all about and so much change, it's been so painful. This is the most painful like growth I've ever been in. And because of that, I've had to open up to people. Like I didn't know how I could get through it without like opening up and talking to people. And that has been the best thing I've ever done. That's been the best thing that's happened because I have seen people come in and support me and shower me with love in ways I've never experienced because I've never given people the opportunity to do so. My mom flying in, I think I called her on Monday. She was here by Thursday to spend time with me. Like I've never even given people the opportunity to do things like that. I was texting a friend. I was like, you wanna hang out tonight? She couldn't hang out. Uh, she was at a birthday dinner. And the next day she was like, what's up girl? Like what happened? And I just told her, you know, I'm going through this, this and this. And she was like, are you free for lunch? Like you wanna meet up? And I was like, lunch in two hours. And I'm like, yeah, we can meet up and we could talk. I understand that people are busy. And as an introvert that needs a lot of time to myself to recover, I understand that you may not have anything to do, but that time alone is really, really important. And so if people make time for me in their day unexpectedly, that means so much to me because I know how nice it is to just be in your bed to yourself and not have anything to do. So her just like moving her day around to make time for me and come check up on me literally meant the world to me. I had another friend, um, mind you, these are people who I've known for like a year or less, like a year to like four months is how long I've known them. But um, another friend, Kayla, who I'm actually meeting up with today. Um, you'll probably hear about Kayla later because she's going to be dropping a podcast soon. So we got to talk about that. But um, oh, yeah, she like invited me over and made me watermelon margarita. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply and cookies and we watch movies and like just like I need that like I feel like everyone has been oh Alicia like sending me bible verses sending me scriptures like just I hope you have a good day text like just checking in on me Sarah everybody like I've just been filled with so much love and it's like dang I I realized before this whenever I had bad moments or I felt like I was struggling, I wouldn't let anybody in and I would have to get myself out of it. And that bred so much resentment in me because I'm like, I always have to do everything by myself. There's no one there to support me. Like, I just, if I don't do it, like I'm just gonna be stuck. Now that I've opened up and I've allowed people in and people have shown me so much love and just so much support and just like filled me up, I feel like I move through the world so much lighter. I don't have resentment, I don't have like, I want to like freely give love to people I don't even know, right? Like now I'm pouring love into the world because I've had so many people pour love into me. And before this, I've only been able to pour love into myself. I have not been comfortable enough to be vulnerable with people to allow them to pour love into me. So that stifled how much I could give to the world. And that's why I'm excited to be back on Black Feminist Rants because I want to talk about feminism and reproductive justice, womanism and, and black womanhood and black girlhood, but I also want to talk about it in a more practical sense. On the podcast, I talk about community all the time and that was all facts, you know, we keep it very real over here. We don't do no capping, but it was like very like abstract. Like it was super cerebral, super high level. And I feel like now 
I'm like literally building and growing and deepening my community and like just like my concept of it and my experience of it and how I speak about it is very different. Like before it was just like community is important. You should do this work because of your love of community. Love of community for me before was you are me, you represent me and so I love you. But now it's like I love myself so much that I love everybody else too. Like when people say when you see a quality in someone else, that is just a representation or reflection of a quality within yourself that you want to grow or that you already have. That's literally what it is. Like when I see other people, like I literally see myself, I see a young black girl going for her dreams. I That's young black Kia going for her dreams. I see a black boy depressed and smoking weed every day. That That's me last week going through it. I see a white man going through divorce. Like, it doesn't matter the identity. Literally, I feel like I see myself in every person and now I just want to give love to every person. So I just feel like, obviously you grow when you become wiser as you age. And I feel like even my conceptualization of social justice topics and liberation and black feminism has deepened. I wouldn't say it's grown, but it's deepened. I feel a deeper connection to it. Um, And I don't feel like I have to dedicate my entire life to it because that would be a disservice. You know, the people who who had to give their entire life to something, those people were enslaved. I'm not gonna give my entire life to something that isn't of me. Racism, misogyny, misogynoir, homophobia, all that shit is not of me. So it's not gonna get all of me. I'm gonna do my part. I'm gonna make a change in the world. I hope to impact others, but I can't give all of myself to these systems that are meant to kill me. I'm aiding it and killing me. I'm taking away my joy. I'm taking away my time that can be spent with loved ones. I'm taking away my time that can be spent with myself. I'm not dedicating my life to this. Like, I'm absolutely not. I'll dedicate a lot of my time. I'll dedicate a lot of my funds. I'll dedicate a lot of my energy. But I'm not dedicating my life to it. I have too many ancestors whose whole life was on the fields, whose whole life was sharecropping, whose whole lives were working to for the white man until they died just so that maybe three generations later their their kids could go to college like for me to dedicate my life to the system that has killed so many people who've come before me i absolutely cannot so so black feminist rants will still exist because i'm still a black feminist that will be ranting but my whole concept of like movement movement work and stuff it's 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 evolving it's mm -mm -mm. i'm not gonna spend all day talking about liberation, then get on a podcast, talk about liberation, then read books about liberation, then hang out with friends and talk about liberation. No, no, (laughs) that's not going to happen. I don't think anybody should do that. And I feel like coming to this realization comes with maturity and I'm not by any means mature, (laughs) like the most mature person in the world. I had to go through certain things for me to come to this realization right now. And so I know people are going to disagree with me and honestly, that's okay because I would disagree also like two months ago so that's fine because literally if you disagree with me you are me you were me two months ago like I was saying earlier every person I encounter in this world is a reflection of me is a version of me and I literally love all versions of me I'm not even trying to be wooey wooey or whatever spiritual or nothing but like even if someone disagrees with me and comes at me with hatred and anger and like you wrong you don't know what you're talking about da, 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 da. I literally have nothing for love with you love for you because you were me two months ago And I realized the way that you're communicating this is from frustration and fear because you probably tie your identity around your work or like black liberation or anti-racism. You tie so much of your identity and your worth into it that to say that that doesn't matter creates so much fear and anxiety in you. So you lash out 
I can understand that. And so I have nothing but love because I know where you are and I've been there and I know you're not going to be there forever. And you're going to come out on the other side and you might come back to me in a year or two and be like, sis, you was right. I'm so sorry. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I literally feel like I love everybody in the world because I love every version of me. Obviously, take it with a grain of salt. Like, you know, we're not out here loving... Can I even say the word neo-Nazis? Like, we're not out here loving racists and stuff like that. Like, relax. Don't do too much. Like... <laughs> I ain't that healed or whatever the fuck. I haven't gotten to that level of maturity. I hope that's not a level because I don't plan on getting there. But anyways, I feel the universe. I feel the universe creating so much change and so much chaos in my life to bring me closer to myself, to allow me to learn myself for the first time, to allow me to love myself in deeper ways. Um, I feel like I've always loved myself in a conceptual way because you have to love yourself. And I also love myself as a form of armor because the world tells black girls to hate ourselves and so as a way to fight against that I love myself out of obligation and I feel like I'm finally in a space where I love myself regardless of whatever is happening in the world I love myself regardless of if black women are the most praised people on earth or the most disrespected on earth because it's me regardless of any identity I have if I wake up white tomorrow I'm still gonna love me please don't let me wake up right tomorrow <laughs> like please but i feel like again like my love for myself is deepening it's not this surface level thing that i feel like i need to do but it's this thing that like i find peace and that's another theme for me right now is peace i can only do things that bring me peace like even my decisions like i don't even have to think about what i should do whatever feels like it's gonna give me peace is where i'm going and that has felt like such a privilege and so much growth um i'm really appreciative for the space that i'm in right now i'm appreciative of my community um and how i've been wrapped up in love i am so appreciative that i'm learning the things that i desperately needed to learn because i feel like before this moment that i'm having right now I was moving through the world as someone I didn't even know. Like, I didn't even know myself. I didn't know my hobbies. I didn't know what I like to do. I just had my goals and I was checking them off. But that's like no way to live. Like, there has to be so much more to you than just your goals. And I feel like I'm finally getting to that place. Like, I think right now I don't even have any goals, which is like the first time in my life I feel like I can say that. I don't have a single goal right now. And I'm having the best time of my life. Like, I'm literally just moving through the world with so much love and intention right now for myself because I got to make sure I'm good first. Um, but I know that the more love that I show myself, the more love I'm showing everybody else. So I'm happy with that. Um, even, like, y'all, I'm going to put y'all on. Please listen to Cleo Soul. Like, I'm, a, I'm going to link a playlist, actually. I'm going to link a playlist. So go to the description box and get the playlist and let me know what y'all think because yeah that's a whole nother whole nother level but yeah i'm super excited to be back i am really it's you know what's wild i'm literally living the life of my dreams right now literally the life that i wanted to live in my head that i wasn't able to live because i spent all my time wrapped up on tiktok laying in bed scrolling for five hours or obsessed with a man and i realized i'm laying in bed for five six hours going on tiktok that is escapism. There was something about my life that was so unfulfilling that I would just peer into other people's lives. I would just go on social media and scroll relentlessly so I didn't have to live my own life. And that is depressing. That realization really broke me because I'm 24. Like, I need to be loving my life. I need to be living it. Like, there's no 
joy in the world that's going to be greater than enjoying your life like no piece of entertainment is going to make you feel as good as genuinely enjoying and loving your life with people that you care about like nothing's going to top that so it's like I was denying myself really feeling like happiness and joy and stuff so to say and then to that point I, I wasn't living the life of my dreams the life that I wanted to live because I was spending all day scrolling on TikTok like that's impossible so I feel like now I still be scrolling on TikTok but now like I like will be doing something and I'll sit back and reflect and be like dang this is how I wanted my life to look like and I wasn't the person that like you know manifested and wrote it down and scripted it it was just something in the back of my head like oh I want to have a dog and I want to like live downtown so I can like walk to things and like now I walk to coffee shops I walk to Walgreens to get my um prescription I walk to my favorite coffee shop which is like a 10 minute walk I walk to the lake which is a 10 minute walk I walk here I walk I walk everywhere I walk to go get food I walk to my favorite ramen place I walk to my favorite Indian restaurant like literally the things that I wanted that I would say in my head are what I'm living right now and that's telling me that this period of pain goddamn agony like it's worth something it's gonna, I'm gonna come out on the other side so much better, so much stronger, so much happier, so much more at peace, and having a greater sense of who I am and myself. And that's a win. <sighs> I say all that to say, Black Feminist Rants is back. Lakia is back. Lakia is back in a new way. Y'all, I pause because I'm like, I hate a bitch that's talking third person, but we are back i'm so excited to be back talking to y'all i really hope that with the video podcast like there can be comments and stuff because that is one of my biggest complaints of podcasting is there's like it's really hard to build that sense of community because there is no comment section (laughs) and i could keep going and going but i want to say thank you to everyone who has been supporting black feminist rants this has been three years of me doing this and I never imagined I'd still be doing it. I have other episodes talking about how much I love y'all and how much my life has changed since starting the podcast. So go check those out. Uh, if this is your first time tuning in, if you're tuning in because of YouTube, thank you for joining. Um, I invite you to listen to some of the other episodes you can find on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, wherever. Uh, and to subscribe, stick around because I'm really excited to make content about being a black woman and about feminism and about reproductive justice intertwined with like life like I want to connect it to like life like actually what's happening in real life you know so I'm super excited for that thank y'all so much for tuning in um yeah I don't even know how to sign this off I will talk to y'all in the next episode make sure you like comment subscribe follow on social media Instagram TikTok Twitter Facebook everywhere um and I will see y'all in the next episode and I appreciate y'all so much (laughs) 